If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Relatively Healthy is brought to you by the Forever Dog Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more original comedy podcasts at foreverdogpodcast.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Relatively Healthy Podcast. I'm Janie Stoller. And I'm Dr. Ellen Stoller. And today we are joined by an amazing guest. We have the wonderful comedian Liza Dye with us. Hey, guys. Hey. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for for being here. here. This is so awesome. So we're going to start the show uh, by debunking a commonly held health myth. And today's myth is about washing your hands. So there's a lot of debate, I mean, in my mind all the time, about uh, washing your hands with soap and water versus hand sanitizer. And some people say that hand sanitizer is bad for you for all these reasons. Dr. Stoller, what do you think? So there was uh, a an article, uh, on a, basically a piece on this in Good Morning America. Okay, that's where we go. Yes, for our, all of our authoritative health news. It's either that or Vice. Sure. Those are the two big health news sources where, uh, yes, hand sanitizer definitely can kill germs it's great for when you can't reach soap and water but actually soap and water is better especially if you've got visible dirt on your hands because hand sanitizer doesn't have like the emollients to actually break down dirt but if you were like gonna eat and you're you know like uh, there's no bathroom you're like gonna have a picnic or something should you do hand sanitizer before you eat i mean versus nothing yeah then yes but hand sanitizer versus soap and water you're probably better just going with soap and water. But if it's not available. Right. We do hand sanitizer. And can you have too, can you do it too much? I mean, I guess if your hands start peeling and getting. Because what was it like? Someone said, I've heard that if you do it a lot, then the bacteria that survives is like stronger. I, I can see how conceivably that would happen. But if that were true, wouldn't there be a class of people who had like chronic, horrible like multi-drug resistant infections all the time. I feel like we would already know about this if this were actually true. happening to That's a large... True, I know hella people that have the hand sanitizer <laughs> keychain that are like religiously yeah, dumping constant. it on. Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, they probably get sick as much as non-sanitizer people. I mean, I would argue it's their bad attitude that is predisposing them to all these illnesses. I'm already getting a pseudoscience. Yeah, I know. It's, it's getting controversial already. What about, do you know about like air drying it versus a towel or something i don't think it really matters either i've gotten very very paranoid about bathrooms but i just started recently using the toilet cover seat i didn't do that Mm. before it doesn't oh that was going to be our debunk i think maybe for a different episode well let's just get into it now about (laughs) uh you know people get so worried about getting diseases or germs from toilet seats uh so first of all right your toilet seat it's only your it's intact skin by and large, that is sitting on a toilet seat. <laughs> Hopefully. And it's plastic. So it's even if it's a fomite, it's nothing that's really going to get systemically absorbed into your body. A fomite? So, right. We've all, have we talked about fomites? So fomites are like inanimate objects that hold germs. Like your phone. Yeah. Okay. So that's what oh I'm that's, God, My phone is so That dirty. is exactly Mine what too. I was just about to get to is that everyone thinks about a toilet seat, but no one thinks about phones and remote controls. Oh, I do. Because I can feel how dirty my hands yes. are after I'm touching my phone. That's, I'm like, that is it. Yeah. That is exactly what people bring people, their phone into the bathroom and then the kitchen. That's exactly right. So people, people no should idea. really be putting yeah. those paper toilet seat covers around their phone <laughs> as opposed true. to on the toilet. Okay. Yeah. So that's good to know. Yeah. But the, you don't, but okay, here's something that's real. One time, this is a disgusting story. I sat on a toilet seat and it was wet. Girl, yeah. that's, that's the I worst. Mean, that's, that's worse than a spider being in your bed, honestly. It is. But, like, but like your butt seat. isn't made out of sponge. 
So it's okay to sat on someone else's I mean, I'm pee? Not, I'm not saying it's like great. I'm just saying it's not going to kill you. And emotionally, I was Fair very wrecked that for is, a long yeah. time. Yeah. It was really upsetting. Just bare-assed on just a wet... Mm. At a sports bar. I mean, I think most Midday. Of, no, we can just discuss... That more. would never happen in a men's restroom because they have urinals. Yeah. Right. I mean, they don't like to sit down. It just we should design a new toilet seat where you can... Like hover, like because mm-hmm. you can't really hover without. Oh, so you want like kind of like like shin thingies in the side, <laughs> like holes for your legs to go in on the side of the toilet. Really? I think women are ready for a new toilet seat design. Okay, I agree, yeah. right? Yeah. Hillary Clinton point. could have done this in her. <laughs> oh, time. that would have been second order of business after healthcare for all. The yeah. third order of business would have been putting hooks in bathroom stalls everywhere. Yes. Because when that doesn't happen, where do you put your bag? No, and that's disgusting. That everyone has to floor. put their bag on the floor. floor. Oh, right. Because yeah, no, because really as you know, everyone puts their bag on the floor and then they put it on their own coffee table. Or they put it on the kitchen counter. I'm just holding it yeah. as I hover. And <laughs> <laughs> Not touching. No, I mean we've all like strapped our bags around our necks before, right? Oh, I haven't done that one. Oh yeah, I've definitely. I've just done the hug. Oh no, I wrap it around my neck like it's a gold medal mm. oh that's nice yeah I yeah. feel like things it. women do <laughs> they don't know men don't even know we go through so much <laughs> like why is she why is the line for the women's bathroom so long because we're like jerry I go, I go into the men's restroom everywhere oh. when, when women's lines are like wrapped around i go straight into the men's. does anyone get, ever give you attitude though or some guys will be like but i'm real quick about it you know mm. i dart in there i go into the stall and they don't yeah. care when i go in the stall because it's like True. you know no, no men are ever in the stall they're all at the urinals and then i just kind of like I dart out. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. It is a little weird to go into one where it's just like, oh, I'm in a room of a bunch of men yeah. that have some have their penises out. But it's yeah. literally <laughs> pipes and like urine is going no, on. It's the same agree. thing. Like it's, I yeah, refuse but... to stand in a long line because I have like a vagina. Right. Like, <laughs> because there's going to be a door around me anyway. I will go yeah. And also I have to pee so bad I don't really care who sees it at this point. There's some go. new law. I don't know if it was just in New York or if it was like national. They have to build more bathrooms for women than men in new establishments oh, like it stadiums. takes women longer to yeah. you're like yeah. to go to the bathroom yeah it took them a while to figure that out because it was men doing the research so i think the conclusion from this segment is that everything's disgusting don't yeah don't pee on a toilet seat that's really rude that's rude and wash your hands wash your hands your hands have you ever talked to someone and you realize that they didn't wash their hands like you can't get that out of your head once you realize that about a person oh, you, oh it's, it's like a poppy situation yeah like from seinfeld yeah. good set up the reference yeah um i mean i'm assuming everyone who's listening to this you know has full seinfeld Liza, do you have full seinfeld knowledge what does that mean? See, there you go. <laughs> well, no, because I, because like growing up in the Chicago suburbs, Seinfeld was on in syndication at six thirty every evening. No, I mean my, yeah, no, we didn't have cable, and like the shows were like Seinfeld and Friends yeah. and like Cheers, I guess, or something. So like, I've definitely seen it. Yeah. Um, but Ellen's thing is she'll make a reference to something that happened twenty years ago yeah. and not set up yeah. where it's from. Because Seinfeld would get shown on Fox and WFLD Channel Thirty Two. Every day you come home no, from I, school. No, I think about, like, no, I, I, I okay. feel you. Like, right. I think about sometimes when Kramer's like, these pretzels are making me thirsty. thirsty. Yeah. Like, or stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's Go common ahead. vernacular. Yeah. <laughs> so when Ellen quickly says poppy, like, yeah. it's a, someone didn't use it. Poppy was, like, owned a restaurant, and he didn't wash his hands when he went to the bathroom. Okay. Right. And right. then everyone got violently ill. That was the end of that uh, episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I love the muffin. Yeah. Pop, See, muffin. pop the top, dump the stuff. That's right. The black and white cookies. Yeah. There are some good episodes. There are some very good episodes. So, Liza, we're going to talk to you about your life, your experience with healthcare. And we know that you have quite a relationship to healthcare at this point. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's my whole life. It's also crazy, right, that like six years ago, you'd had no relationship to healthcare. It's just like going to the pediatrician, getting your shots. End of story. I used to hate going to the doctor just like everybody else. And now I live there. I'm at the doctor. (laughs) I go to the doctor like Probably two or three times a week. Really? Yeah. And when um, you, so you just moved to LA. Yeah. I've been here maybe like eight, eight months, I think. Now. And when you moved here, did you have to find all new? Oh, wait, should we back up and like yeah. get into? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess, should we just get like the one, the, as we say in the medical biz, the one liner? Before I get into my stuff, can yeah. I ask you what kind of doctor you are? So I'm a hospitalist. I'm internal medicine trained. Internal. So like adults taking care of people's insides from the outside. But are you? Are you like a primary healthcare physician? So yeah, so I I'm internal medicine trained, but right now I only work in a hospital. I see. Yeah. Cool. Just need to know in case I need to call you yeah. later. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so three three years ago in 2014, I used to live in New York before I moved to LA, 
and I was doing stand-up there not long I actually had just started doing stand-up um I had been doing it for like a couple months and but I got started to get a lot of buzz you know I was booking some really good shows and stuff and um I was just on the way to shoot something one morning and I uh fell off the platform I slipped fainted and as the train was coming in so I was in the hospital for a really long time and I sustained like a the type of injuries called like a degloving so basically everything is just like ripped off of your bone basically um it didn't like sever it or anything I did have like a, a a small fracture in my fibula which is like the small um, bone in your leg, you know, you have your big bone and your small bone. <laughs> I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. basically a doctor. Um, yeah. yeah, but I was in the hospital for 76 days wow. at Bellevue Hospital. I mean, what, what was that like? What was, I mean, the whole the being at, in, in the hospital for so long? Yeah. Like, or, uh, awful. It was yeah. awful. Um, you know, being in a trauma unit, like there was a girl across the hall that, had tried to commit suicide and failed, but she like maybe jumped seven stories and apparently shattered every bone in her body. I would just hear her scream all day, every day. There was a guy in the room next to me who got hit by a cab and he would scream all day and they would have to like sedate him. And it was awful. It was awful. Um, And then you're like dealing with your own thing. Mm -hmm. And then you have all of these other people (laughs) around you, like dealing with their stuff. It was so much. I mean, I don't have a memory of the train coming, thank God, but I I did wake up in the tracks with like the first oh. train car like above me. So I oh do I was awake for them like pulling me out and rescuing me and everything. And um yeah, it was just really 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 bad. Wow. But it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. But it was really bad. But being in the hospital for that long, I mean, do you feel like you were obviously seen by a range of different like healthcare providers during your time there? Do you feel like you know that that you were seen as a person or that you were seen because you're in a trauma unit in particular kind of just like as an injury. Wait, can you say that again? So like when you're in the hospital for that long and you've got all these different people coming in, like yeah. physical therapists, nurses, mm-hmm. whatever, orthopedic surgeons, do you feel like they saw you as a whole like person to whom this thing had happened or are they just like, oh, this is the woman with the leg? Hmm. It was a little bit of both because it was just such a it it just turned into this really crazy thing because all of these comedians started to step in and help me so then it became this whole thing in the hospital and um and then my doctors people were interviewing me like there was mm. i was in the new yorker or new york magazine and and on the front page of the new york times when it happened and stuff so then my yeah i guess in the beginning it was like oh let's save this girl's life like I mean Bellevue is very much a trauma it's the best trauma hospital in the world that's where all the people that get hit by cabs and trains and stuff are taken and um so yeah I mean it definitely is just like a let's save this person's life kind of thing but then it def it kind of turned into like oh this person like you know and then Mm. my plastic surgeons were like making jokes with me and like (laughs) and then like one time my plastic surgeon was like I know another comedian that had a degloving injury and I was like don't Who? tell me. And he's like, Jimmy Fallon, you know, his finger, that's a degloving. And oh, I was like, oh my God. Cool, man. Um, <laughs> Wait, so what's what up with this bandage change? Yeah. Like, it's so funny because as when you say you're a comedian to someone, you get bad jokes back always. But like in Every that time, context, yeah. you do not want to. Are you like, oh, joke. I'm going to write this down for when I'm on Fallon. This is the first right. thing I'm going what to talk hilarious. to him about. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to bond over with Jimmy yeah. Fallon over our degloving. <laughs> um, yeah, and my plastic surgeon was telling me, you know, he thought it was so funny because he, I guess everyone thought that Jimmy was like faking it because he had he was wearing a bandage for so long, but it's because he had skin grafts and mm, like it wow. was like a really bad injury. <laughs> wow. Um, mine was worse, obviously. I won. <laughs> you win. Yeah. I win. But um, yeah, no, they made they would make not jokes all the time, but like they, I was in a lot of pain, obviously. So they were just trying to like make me feel Lighten better. A yeah. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so for like seventy six days, I'm sure you went through a variety of different experiences. There were most days like lying in a hospital bed or what would what would take up that time yeah I was sitting on my butt for 76 (laughs) days my butt used would hurt so bad Mm -hmm. like I remember I that was one of the first things I tweeted I think it's so much to think about you know and um it's so weird hearing other people's perspective of it because I was experiencing it from my you know perspective and 
it took me a long time to understand why I got so much attention, you know, and I guess a lot of people were really thought it was funny how I was like still just making jokes on Twitter and stuff. And I was like, oh, I just was like trying to get through it. Right. And but I do remember like pretty early on, like I tweeted something like, I don't know what hurts worse, my butt or my leg, like from sitting on it so long. And I remember like Jordan Peele, like thought it was so funny when I said that. <laughs> but I, yeah, I was literally just lying. In I mean, bed. were you just like bored out of your mind or was it just like you were in so much pain and they were giving you a, like pain medicine oh. to manage the pain that it was just like. It is so much. I mean, yeah, I was early on like the first, you know, being on so much, yeah. it's kind of all over the place. Your memory and brain is kind of scattered. But like the first part of it, I was in a, like an ICU unit. So it was just like me in a room by myself with like a big machine that like controlled everything. And um, that was just like me, like on ketamine. And I would be awake for like five minutes and then just like pass out. Um, but then later on, once we started doing like skin grafts and things like that, and I would be like actually going um, down for surgery and stuff, it was, um, oh, I lost my train of oh, thought. Oh, no, it, it just, if it was like boring or it was just like yeah. so overwhelming at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it was time. overwhelming and, and um, it, it was just so much. Yeah, people were coming. So many mm. people were coming to the hospital and people wanted to come and interview me and mm. it was a lot. And then we'd be like, I would be on the news. Like we'd be watching it. It would be so crazy. You're like there with the That's therapist so doing an exercise. Weird. And you're like, oh, there I am. Like, yeah. we did this it, yesterday. it was never boring. No, yeah. never boring. It was like a lot to, you know, I mean, you were just like, holy shit, I'm still alive. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of like touch and go with the amputation and there still is. Um, I'm still like not out of the woods with that. Cause my, I'm still like in a lot of pain like every day. And yeah, but, um, but it was never boring or anything. It was like, <laughs> What's going to happen today? Like, wow. Um, yeah. And so then what happened after the 76 days? Where did you where did you go when you were out of the hospital? I was discharged. I was I probably should have stayed longer. But because, you know, when you're in a hospital, as you know, for a long amount of time, you're at risk for several yeah. infections. So that that is primarily why I was discharged because I had just been in there for so long. And did they send you to like a rehab, like a nursing home, like, or were they just like, this is as much progress as you're going to make and do outpatient therapy? They wanted me to hang around New York. My mom was like ready to go to back to South Carolina. <laughs> she hates New York, and bless her heart, she uh, this comedian. I was booked to do sh two shows the the next day. The accident happened on a Thursday, and I was booked to do two really good shows on that Friday. And the comedian, um, this girl that's on the show Insecure now. I don't know if y'all have seen that. Yeah, I mm -hmm. love yeah. Insecure. Amanda Seals. Oh, so, yeah, oh she's, she just left stuff out here now in L.A. She's right? in L.A. now. Okay, yeah. yeah, she moved out here. I guess maybe a little bit after my accident. I don't know, but um, she, she I was opening for her the next night, and so she's the one who actually flew my mom up, um, to Aww. New York to be in the hospital. She called me and she was like, "Where's your mom? I would need my mom if this happened to me. Like, I'm gonna get your mom here." That's so and nice. So, uh, bless my mom's heart. She like slept in a chair beside me for the entire for 76? time. Seventy six days. Oh my, my mom God. slept in a chair beside wow. me. Wow. But I mean, I I think that you bring up a good point too, because obviously, like people were giving you all sorts of information and all this stuff was going on during your seventy six days in the hospital. You you're like you know they've got you on pain medicine because you're in so much pain. You need another person there almost just to keep track of everything that is happening yeah. to you. Like there was no way, given like your circumstances and you know what you had been going through, how were you going to keep track of? Wait, when's my pain medicine due? When am I supposed to get my dressing changed? Oh, didn't the kidney doctor come by two days ago? When's he gonna come by again? Oh, we're worried about like these blood tests and that blood test. I mean, it would be impossible for anyone to keep track of entirely on their own in a circumstance like that. Yeah, that's something that I will definitely say. There's so many things <laughs> about the healthcare system that need to be improved, but that for sure should be at the top of the list because if I didn't have my mother there, I don't know what would have happened to me yeah. because my doctors legally had to come and talk to me. They would say, okay, we need to do this blood transfusion. They would have to come and talk to me about the anesthesia mm -hmm. for the surgery the next day. And I'm out of it. Exactly. And my mother was so angry. She would be like, tell me, you right. need to talk to me. She's passing out. She's right. on ketamine exactly. for Christ's sake. Exactly. And the doctors would be like, we can't legally talk to you. She's 25. Wow. It was awful. But you're also like, I'm an adult and I need help making these decisions because I cannot, my and brain cannot process this information right what now. happens if someone is alone? Like, do they just... There's a caseworker. The mm -hmm. caseworker isn't, doesn't, I don't think ever is completely does what that 
position is supposed sure. to fulfill. You know, no shade to the caseworkers out there because they have a really hard job and they do a lot. And I had a great one, but she probably had like right. 40 or 50 other patients totally. that seeing literally every day. Yeah. And she was pregnant. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, how, you know, so that, like I said, there's so much that needs to be improved in the healthcare yeah. system but that was really bad and because we've experienced that and we learned about that we made sure to do like a power of attorney when during mm-hmm. my recovery in mm-hmm. case anything yeah. else were to happen so mm-hmm. now my mother has power of attorney yeah but um yeah i don't know what you would do if, if you're I alone mean, i mean if something's an emergency then they just do it but oh yeah they'll just right. do they'll it just but do i'm it. saying in terms of coming in and talking to you yeah you're no just woozy just yeah. signing things then, like yeah. i mean then ideally what we end up doing is oh if there's a family member we can call like somebody's child or spouse or mm-hmm. you know uh, whoever else they list have listed as like person they'd want to have contact but obviously there's so much information being generated and so many decisions being made because you had so much stuff going on that I mean, it was imperative that somebody be there, which is crazy, though, that then it's like, you know, your mother has to sit there in this like small room with you and isn't even like given a bed. And like she's obviously stressed out because her daughter is, you know, had this horrible thing happen. And then she's also like also managing the other side of like my mom. She has her own PTSD she's dealing with. I mean, I saw some wild stuff, y'all. Can we curse on you? Mm -hmm. Go for it. Um, But yeah, we saw I saw some crazy stuff like, yeah, I I had would have roommates later on Mm -hmm. and sometimes there would be a language barrier. The doctor would come in to tell them about the surgery the next day and they would have to call the like relay system. That was out of control. Like I remember hearing that two or three times and I was just like, this is so bad. Like this is not okay. Um, Yeah, that hospital was crazy. I mean, Bellevue is, it's like the county, it's like, it's like, it's the county hospital. They have a big psychiatric ward. That's what I They're known for their psych ward. Um, And it's the oldest hospital, I think, in the country. Mm. It's very old. It felt old in there. And it's very haunted. My, (laughs) one of my roommates was possessed. I'm certain of it. She would, she had several, like, voices that would talk to whoever. Okay. She was over there alone, and I would. She would just be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty-four-seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It sounded like a play sometimes. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. So did you have your own room when you were like? In the ICU, yeah. when you're in ICU, it's just you. Right. And like I said, the machine. But then when you move to like the trauma floor or like the surgical floor, I guess, yeah. um, you have, it's two beds to a room. Like, Got it. And Oof. I didn't have a window the whole first. <gasps> you did not no. have a window? And I didn't have was, a window no, and, the whole first And that's like, like a new versus old, most like newer. Because like, Bellevue was so old, like most newer hospitals, now you get your own room. And there's evidence to show, right, the patients who don't have windows. I was going to say. You completely lose track of night and day. Yeah. For your recovery, just to have exposure to what time of day right. it is. No, it's I didn't so, have a window. It's incredibly whole, disorient. I mean, the whole I can only month. Yeah. And um, didn't have a window. And also, seasons changed. Like, mm. I, the accident happened in February. It was a blizzard, and I was discharged in May. So it was summer when That's I got insane. out. And they don't, they wouldn't let me go. I got to go outside like one time. My mom had to beg. She begged them. And I really wasn't even supposed to go. She kind of snuck me outside <laughs> in my wheelchair. But it was wild. She she didn't think about, like I said, it's so crazy to, you know, witness people experiencing it from their perspective because I, you know, I've only experienced it from, from mine. And she didn't even know. She had never thought about it. She was like, I didn't know that you didn't have a window. Like I just, yeah. it never occurred to me that you literally have not had a window. You haven't seen right. sunlight or outside or anything. Out. And yeah, I had this one nurse who was so sweet and uh, a girl left out of a room and she was like, there's a room with a window opening. <laughs> and she like rolled me to the room and oh, I was so excited. Just, Unauthorized transfer. This is your bed now. Yeah. Oh my God. And I just couldn't even imagine too, like the complete lack of privacy then that you have for that entire time period that you've got a Well, you're dealing roommate. with this roommate with voices. Like, right. Like right, so much oh, other there was so stuff. y'all have no idea. There's yeah. like, so much. <laughs> oh my god, there's so much that I've been through, and just like me, and then like experiencing what other people are going through, and yeah, there was no privacy. People would come in. People started sneaking in after like all the celebrities started coming. Oh, people would try to no. sneak in the room and like oh, take t- pictures. Oh, that is gross. So then the like 
person who was in charge of the PR for the hospital got in touch with us and we had to develop this like guest list. Like it was like a club at the hospital. No, but like what kind of, you know, asshole is like, oh, I heard is he's on sorry. You Chelsea have no, there was like here. paparazzi when I got out of the hospital. There was like uh, two photographers when I got out of the hospital. So Isn't that terrifying? Oh, that's kind of gross too. No, it's terrifying. No, that's terrible. And I felt it just, that was the first like quote, you know, paparazzi moment I had ever experienced and it just felt so violating yeah I just felt no I was like shaking kind of and I cannot imagine what it must feel like to have like 20 of them (laughs) every day everywhere you go like there was like one guy and and there was another guy it's just it's just weird that's a whole other weird part of this story is the crowdfunding and the twitter part of this Mm -hmm. which is so you were saying Sue Smith a comedian in New York set up the fundraising page for your medical bills. Yeah, because I didn't have health insurance at the time. And the like bill, most millennials. Well, yeah, yeah, because this was before it was like requiring. I was 25. I had just turned 25. Mm-hmm. Oh, so then you, like, right, well, so you aged off of your parents. But I get it. Like, look, if you're young and healthy, like you don't have any chronic medical conditions. Yeah. It's understandable to be like, why the heck would I spend? I would have yeah. like a cup of ginger tea yeah. <laughs> once a month and I never got yeah. sick. Right. I'd and, be like, I'm good. Right, 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 right. Because who would ever assume that you're going to have that you an would, accident? Right. And then right. the bill is so high. It's over $400,000. Yeah, my bill for nine surgeries. So I had nine surgeries. Uh, like about two or three of them were something called washouts, which mm-hmm. is just like um, them. It's just like a, a they're them cleaning the wound, which they could do bedside. But this injury was so bad, I would have to be put under for it for them to do that. So that's why I total to nine surgeries. Really, it was about seven surgeries, seven skin grafts. But um, that cost $405,000. Craziness. <laughs> Can't even conceptualize that. So did you, so so this. Did they let you, oh, sorry, did they let you apply for like emergency, like Medicaid? I think some, or? and once again, I, you know, I mean, it, your it's mom, all I'm such sure. a blur. Yeah, yeah. But I do believe there was some sort of like emergency Medicaid that would kick in, Um yeah, it, it was just, I was very aware of the fact that I didn't have health insurance. I yeah. was very aware that these costs were piling up really early on. And I remember, I don't have a, a my memories are kind of scattered from it, but I do remember going off on this one doctor. I feel so bad about, <laughs> I feel so bad about it, but I went off on this doctor because I had to have like two or three blood transfusions when I first got there. And by the time they came to me with the second one, they were like, we need to do another blood transfusion. I was like, how much does this cost? And he was like, I don't know how much it costs. And I was like, I can't afford this. Like I was going off on him and it was, yeah. That's crazy. I can imagine. Because I feel like, like that is insane. It's like, you're never like, no one can afford a $400,000 bill. It's crazy. No. Like that's insane. Right. So as this was happening, the crowdfunding sort of, went like a little I hate to use the word viral but like it people did, yeah. in, the, in the comedy community and then beyond were talking about it and sharing the page right and so it kind of became like yeah you got all this press and all this stuff it, that that is such a strange other component to the story yeah. it's so other, weird like weird, the celebrity yeah, yeah. the fame yeah. thing yeah like, yes and I don't even you know obviously Sue and and myself and everybody we, you know, Sue was like, well, we got to do something, you know, she, this, you know, she's a comedian and, um, she doesn't have health insurance. So, you know, obviously Sue, I don't think expected for it to <laughs> just get, you know, blow up as much as it did. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know how it got started, but it just kind of went, I think Aziz tweeted it. I'm not sure how it got to him. Maybe Chelsea Peretti retweeted it or something. And it just went from there. Zach Braff was donating and Louis C.K. started donating. And then, then people were doing benefit shows. Aziz was like, we're going to do a show in L.A. And then they did one in New York. Hannibal Burst did one and Janine Garofalo and all these people. It just was so insane. Wow. That's nuts. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It's, such, it's funny because like in the comedy community, you don't always feel like people have your back. Like it doesn't always feel community. Oh, really? <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> but I, this is an I, instance where people like, it seems like people... I think before I felt a sense of community before mm-hmm. this happened in New York, in mm-hmm. New York, everybody's kind of all in it together. And, 
you know, you're very communal in New York. You're on the train together. You're bumping up against people. You're touching people all the time. And we would like, you know, everyone in the building shares Wi-Fi, you know, <laughs> like kind of thing. In L.A., and I'm having kind of like culture shock here. Mm. You know, you, no one talks to their neighbors here. Yeah, right, and, right. You know, you kind of like know your neighbors in New York and stuff. And, um, yeah, I, kinda, I feel like I maybe felt a little sense of community before but I mean obviously that was skyrocketed <laughs> once that happened wow. but um wow. yeah it did really just catch on like wildfire mm. that's incredible it's such an interesting thing like now with healthcare and the sort of convergence of that with crowdfunding websites because mm. what would someone have done maybe five years before like, I mean yeah. like you guys know like medical ex- expenditures is like the number one reason people file for bankruptcy I mean, it's oh, is it? yeah oh, okay. yeah it's crazy to think that in another country you would have just had your health care and it would have you just wouldn't been have had even worry about standardized like in Canada or something yeah. yeah right it's just insane it's just yeah. insane. I know so then you went Home with your mom to South Carolina. Yeah, the the surgeons. So I had a really incredible team of plastic surgeons from NYU. Uh, NYU is like right next to Bellevue, and um, and yeah, they, I, I just recently found out that I was like a case study for them. I guess mm. because the injury was like so rare. Because people, you know, the people that pe- first of all, there's a statistic. If 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 you have never lived in New York, they literally have signs on the train that are like, "Don't be a statistic." Mm. Six out of you know ten people were hit by trains last year or something. And so yeah, you um, I had I had really good surgeons, and um, I guess it was pretty crazy to them to see like this leg like oh let's try to save it you know that was the whole thing like let's try to save it let's try to save it so and they did but they wanted me to stick around after I was discharged for like a few weeks there was like one final skin graft that they had done they wanted to make sure it was healing and everything before I like left so we stuck around in New York for like uh maybe like two weeks Chelsea Peretti was on tour all right and we'll never forget and she, that was our first time meeting, actually. Um, I got to go see her show, and then we hung out a little while. And then I went back to South Carolina and just started my new life. I started going to physical therapy, uh, th- regular therapy, as a senior yeah. counselor. I started going to see doctors, regularly dermatologists, orthopedic surgeons, uh, pla- a plastic surgeon who was... the The doctors in South Carolina were... I don't want to say they were bad. They just were not ready for this. Like they doctors I mean, in South Carolina are not prepared for this. I mean, you were this. treated at like as you pointed out the best hospital for right. your particular injury basically in the country. Yeah. So it makes sense that like if these are just general community doctors, what you were bringing in is like kind of above their pay grade. It was a little above bit. Yeah. and beyond anything that yeah. I could tell they had been like trained on. Like right. I had one doctor, I, my mom was so disturbed by this. I had one doctor and literally when I showed him my leg, he went, <laughs> my mom was like, are you a doctor? Like how oh could you do this? God, are you kidding? What was his specialty? I don't remember. Like, uh, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so I mean, whatever crazy. it was, even if he feels that way on the inside, he can't do that in front of you. No. He needs it's the to, number like, one rule. He needs to be like, oh, beep, beep, my phone's ringing. Leave the room and then be and like, And then Ew. freak out. No, he yeah. literally was like, <laughs> my mom was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, she's that's a human crazy. being. That's crazy. Yeah, so ne- that's oh. pretty much the doctors <laughs> in oh South Carolina. Were you going to a city or were you going to, like, suburban doctors? Or I didn't really go. So, like, when you're in, a, like, the southeast, you can go to, like, um, Emory which is in Atlanta mm-hmm. you can go to MUSC which is in Charleston or you can go to Duke which is in North Carolina so I kind of just hung around in like the upstate area of where my mom my mother's house is which is like Greenville Spartanburg area so I was primarily seeing like physicians there community yeah, yeah um yeah but yeah. also like what was it like because before you'd been oh living independently in New York in your 20s and then you go back and you move back with your mom and you've got this injury I'm sure that there was like stuff that you were used to doing on your own that you were now having to ask like your mom for help with what was that part of the transition like that was that was I didn't think about it being hard It, it definitely was but there were so many other aspects of it you know of of my recovery that I struggled with more so than the physicality of like having to help my mom, you know, help me bathe or something like that. You know, I was just so grateful that she was even there because my dad died when I was 12. So it's just been her and I. And um, yeah, I was more so just so focused on the fact that you know, I my career was had started to mm. really go so well, and I had gotten 
uh, invited to like audition for Saturday Night Live right before, and then I, that allowed me to get this really good manager, and then it was like everything just like came to a screeching halt, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I kind of I had to like one of the hardest parts of my recovery was was like not even the pain of it or anything was like the fact that I had to like watch all of my friends like um. go on to like get all their shows and like Abby mm-hmm. and Alana when we did their show and like John got on a show and like all these comedians like that I was like doing shows with mm-hmm. like the week before yeah. just like went on and I literally had to I was just like stopped literally and I had to just sit and just watch everybody go on and it wasn't like a jealousy thing it was just like this sucks like, exactly. I because you're also like right I want to be I don't want to be here I want to be there yeah Yeah. it was it that was really really hard it wasn't so hard being like oh man I used to be in New York and independent Mm -hmm. and I could like take care of myself it was hard just being like damn all my friends are famous Uh. now and making good (laughs) tv money and I'm like getting denied my disability for like the third time like it was awful how can they I mean no they'll deny no I know because that's like can you talk about that what's what's how they deny you I mean I will say like the burden insanely really does rest on like the person requesting disability and i think it's just because there are like so many people who like exaggerate that when someone but what yeah. if it's a clearly not exaggerated case they don't care they don't right. care because basically they're so at least my experience with trying to help patients apply for disability is that everyone gets told no the first time yeah like no matter what and then it's like oh somebody who either like has a lot of free time or an actual disability is going to be the kind of person who's like, no, for reals, like we're going to fill this paperwork out again and you're going to keep hearing from me until I get So what about these people who say that disability is like widely abused and that people are on it who don't need to be? Yeah. Would you say that's widely, that's not true? Oh, that- no, I, I think that is true as well. It's but true. the problem is that that makes things very hard for, for people, people like with me. actual um, disabilities. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I... I've only experienced a little bit of it here. I had to go to like the disability office once when I first moved here getting it set up. But in South Carolina, yeah, it, everyone was walking. Right. And like maybe someone had like a little limp. And like, <laughs> you know, you could tell it was like kind of just like older people that mm-hmm. maybe got hurt on the job or something. And they're like, I, look, I don't want to work anymore. Yeah. You could tell that's what the vibe was. But like, yeah, yeah I would be like, roll, my mom would be like rolling me in there. My leg is like hanging off. And mm-hmm. they're like, no, try, you can appeal it. Here's your, you know. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you can like fill out, you know, these 50 pages worth of documents and like have all your doctors fill out these special forms. Oh, but if your physician like forgets to check one box on this one form, we're going to deny you have to go all the way back to the beginning. But we can't tell you until you've already filled everything out and sent it to us, which form you filled out wrong yeah or if you call us you're gonna be on hold because we don't know where your file is oh it's been misplaced what's the status of my thing it's pretty bad and they are they constantly try to kick you off of it and they i was like kind of like bullied recently like i you go you have annual reviews and i had mine recently and i guess they called with the follow-up they have this guy who will just call you that's basically like their hound dog that they just send out Ooh. and he was like you're over budget like blah 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 you need to try to move oh somewhere else and i was uh, like what he's like the disability <laughs> repo man literally no literally and i was like dude are what are you serious right. and he i was like i was literally homeless before i got this apartment he's like your rent's too high it's like my rent's like 760 dollars he's like you need to move yeah. someone in your room or you need to like ask your landlord to lower your rent i was like yeah okay right and then everything he told me i was like you know i'm open to this if the disability office wants to send someone to help me do this because i don't have a car and i can't walk a lot no i'm literally disabled and he was like we don't we don't do that we don't offer those services and i was like what do you want me to do that's an excellent point if you guys are going to put these arbitrary limits on things then you're either going to have to like fuck off with these limits or maybe show me how this is supposed to be feasible yeah Yeah. it's crazy and um yeah yeah, it's it's a lot you know and the i i I don't know i'm trying to think of the word uh that people the way people perceive like disability like Mm. in terms of it being all these like a lot of lazy people or something that don't want to work it's not true at all because it is literally work just keeping the disability it's worth getting it and keeping well, and then it all, so people figure oh you get some big fat paycheck and then you can just like Mm-mm. you know it's basically it's like it's like less than making minimum wage it's like less than subsistence wages so it's I not get, yeah, right. can, can we talk a little bit about that because yeah. i i don't know like what, how much is disability if even minimum wage i get i think like i think i get like nine hundred dollars a month really yeah um i was in south carolina i got like eight thirty six. 
Because South Carolina is like the cheapest cost of living ever. And, here, and when I got to LA. California cost of living bump. That extra $70. They gave me $76 when I got here. So I got a $76 increase, which is supposed to include, it knocks out my qualifications for food stamps. I don't oh. get food stamps because I got that $76 increase. No. So I tried to get them and they were like, you don't qualify for food stamps because it's included in your budget. That's what they told me. So there's, okay, sure. <laughs> so no, this is insane. I have, so do I want to live so I just, right. I just paid my rent. Um, I had like a show I Uber to. I think I've taken like two or three Ubers. I have $30 for the rest of July. <laughs> oh my God. So can we talk a little bit about that? Like, so you're in this burgeoning comedy career and you do, you need like, you need to be in LA. Like you need to be in a New York or LA somewhere where you can do this. Right. Um. So you moved to LA and like. I also moved for the doctors too. Oh, but. the oh, doctors. That makes sense, that makes sense yeah. too. So like. That is a huge, this is a, it's a crazy thing to move. It's so expensive. You have so much uncertainty. Finding new doctors. It sounds like you found better ones here. I'm in the process of that now. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a, um, a pretty cool health, primary healthcare physician. I haven't seen a plastic surgeon here yet, but that's one of the reasons I wanted to come here because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, best I in the have, world. Yeah, I'll have access to the best plastic surgeons <laughs> in the world. We've seen their work. I've had a ton over. of plastic yeah. surgery. I'll fit in really well <laughs> in LA. You're like, you know, for all the fillers or whatever yeah. this woman take, guess how much work this leg has had done. Exactly. Real housewife, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that was the first thing Amy Poehler said to me the first time we were meeting. I, I loved like showing people my leg when I, especially like celebrities when I meet them, I'm like, you want to see my leg? And I showed it to Amy Poehler. She was like, that's a lot of work. I was like, yeah, it is a lot of work. But, um, yeah, I have, I'm, but I'm very much in that process now of like finding good doctors and like a, I'm trying, I've, I'm trying to find a good dermatologist. I have, yeah, it's. It's a, it's a lot of work being like disabled and having a really bad injury. I mean, it's literally a full time yeah. job. It's all I'm doing all day, every day, keeping my leg clean and you know just bandaged and taking care of it. I'm still having problems with it bleeding and stuff, and it's it's a lot. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a really quick break. We'll be right back. Okay. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe to Relatively Healthy on iTunes. Give us a five star rating and write us a review. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about life now. Mm. And so you're a working comedian in L.A. And you just got here really recently, right? Like you said May? Um, I moved here at the end, like in like October mm-hmm. last year. Oh, October last year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you've been here for a while. Yeah. Um, and do you talk about the injury in your act? I am trying to navigate that now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously something that... I think that I'm supposed to be talking about and I think that I'm I'm gonna have to talk about it whether I want to or not because like that's part of the reason why I'm like allowed to still be alive and stuff you know I could have died very easily so you know there's some reason that I'm still here mm-hmm. I guess I'm supposed to be like helping people in some way with my story but um I haven't figured it out <laughs> when I I came to LA for a visit when I got out of the hospital I was on crutches and everything Aziz had invited me out to the park set and I, um, he got me, he was like, you want to do some shows? Cause I did stand up when I got out of the hospital in my wheelchair and it was a really big show. That was the show the New York times covered. That's the photo they used. And, um, so I, I just kind of did that because, um, cause I had those shows booked the next day and I just felt like I needed to. And I felt like people were expecting it. I don't know, but I didn't have anybody to say, you should just take your time and not. Mm. It's not that I regret doing those right. shows, but I just yeah. didn't have anybody in my life to say, "Hey, you should probably not do this or right. something." You know? Like, right? Like this is your time for you, and just because other people want to hear you talk about it doesn't mean that you need to talk well, about that's it. What's exactly. Funny about comedy too, where you're like you're supposed to talk about the thing that like. But you then know. people also expect you to talk about it in a way that's funny, but like you're still you're having the experience. Well, you have yeah. to take time. I wish Tracy Morgan's yeah. accident happened before mine, so I could have watched him because mm. he was just like quiet, and then mm-hmm. he did his Netflix thing, and now he's doing shows and stuff. Like I should have done that, but take it's fine. Time. I mean, everybody yeah. has to you know go through their stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I did a show. So then, and then, so when I came out here, I guess, you know, all the comedians thought that I was like still trying to do shows and stuff and I just needed to take time, but I didn't really know that. So anyway, I did a show, uh, I did Meltdown as he was Mm -hmm. like, you want to do a show? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I did Meltdown and I was showing Camille and Emily and all them my leg backstage and they were like, Camille was like, do you, do you show your leg on stage? And I was like, no, but maybe I should. (laughs) So 
I, I, I started to talk about it a little bit and I would kind of show my leg because Kamel asked me if I did it and I was like, well, maybe I should. And so I would do it and people would just be like glazed uh, over in the audience, it was like mortified. Yeah. And so I haven't learned how to navigate it yet and I kind of like am starting to dip my toes in the water with it. Like I talked a little bit about it at, um, my friend does a, a really good show, Velvet Comedy in Koreatown, Charlotte Larson and Nicole Byer. And I did it for the first time there. Um, and it went well, but I'm, I'm really trying to like navigate it now, you know? Yeah. I've had the same, out. like a similar feeling when I've tried to talk about death on stage where mm-hmm. it's just like, some, there's some topics well, and some things where you don't get that response. No. You just get, no, cause you'd written <laughs> before how like, you know, talking about like the death of a parent is like the thing that like kills oh the, the, there's, there's crickets it's just yeah. like oh, you really? and so, and so I'm, I'm sure that you know there have been times when you've shown people your leg in the context of the act and like the energy yeah, just gets like sucked just out of the room out. yeah yeah it's something about that relationship between an audience and a comedian where it's like they're just their brains aren't ready to like process like you know it's if uh, comedians are sad and like <laughs> people don't get that on the surface you know what i mean like when you're really pulling out some sad shit like physically they're like oh right oh you're like actually sad yeah. for real like not in a funny way <laughs> right right so exactly. like you're not just sad that like your significant other snores or like yeah. the line's too long at the airport Women have yeah. sex with me i'm an idiot that yeah. kind of thing they like that yeah it, it's tricky I'm, I'm trying to figure it out though but I, yeah. I obviously i think it's inevitable that i'll be talking about it on stage um but yeah. i usually like to just stick to light silly stuff like i love talking about like you know, whatever, t- celebrities and pop culture and stuff like that. You do an amazing yeah. couple of impressions I heard at the show. Oh, yeah, I do impressions and stuff. I used to do a lot of impressions in New York. I would go to, like, a lot of character open mics yeah. and stuff. I haven't done a lot of that here. Um, but, yeah, I do a lot of, like, voices and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank it's- you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honored to be in your presence. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned, like, yeah, your life is a lot of still going to doctors and treatment and managing pain. What's how is the pain now? Oh, my pain is awful. I'm in pain like constantly. Are you on medicine for that? I don't like to take pain medicine. Mm. I don't want to be like a pill head. Yeah. I don't want to be it's like a, a whole drug other addict. Thing. No, and, and it's hard for someone like you who has a chronic injury. It's not like, oh, you had a bone, like a broken bone. Exactly. And then you just take pain meds for like whatever, a couple of weeks and then you're good to go. You're right. This healing you process, wanna... the physical healing is such an ongoing, long protracted exactly. thing for you as I'm sure like your surgeons all told you. Yeah. yeah. It's we're all, you know, me and my doctors, we're all in this together. We're all just trying to figure it out because yeah. it's like, it's, no, it's as you new. point out, this is not a like a thing that even the experts that you're seeing, they don't see this happen to young, healthy people every exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like you said, it's not a, like a sprained ankle or a right. broken bone where you say, OK, well, it'll be six to eight weeks for this to heal and blah, right. blah. It's like, we don't know how this right. is going to turn out. Like, we'll just yeah. try this and maybe it'll work. Maybe it wow. won't. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going to be going to doctors for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And the health, the medical indu- industry is something that I've just learned yeah. to embrace and enjoy and I'm just like, I'm at the doctor. Like, it's my new aesthetic on Instagram. I'm just like at physical therapy every day and like, oh, I'm at my, you know, whatever. Yeah. So um, it's just yeah. your life. It's my life yeah. now. Yeah, my pain is really bad. And and sometimes people would be like, whoa, you never even complain about it or anything I never hear. And I'm like, yeah, when you go through a near-death experience, it is cheesy, but it really does put shit in perspective. Mm-hmm. It changes everything. You don't care about the same stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm alive. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's every day for you. Like, oh, wow, I'm yeah. still alive. Like, everyone's like, Trump. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, y'all. That's a perfect impression of me. <laughs> <laughs> and of Donald Trump also. Oh, that was, that was him, right? No, people, you know, we get in our little boxes. And I was like that before, sure, you know, yeah, I absolutely. get it. But, you know, I have this crazy thing now and I, I guess I'm going to be one of these like chosen. Pro- I think I'm going to be like millennial Oprah or something. Yes. You know, like, oh my God, we need it. We need we, it. We're going to need it. We're going to need it. So. need it. I got a lot, a lot of, a lot of work to do. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, it's just great. Like that. I don't know. I know. I, I shouldn't even say that. There's mm-hmm. also, it's weird when people are like, when you go through something, sometimes people are like, you're so strong for like, it's just oh, like, yeah. oh no, my God. because right, the because, and actually, I had this conversation with a woman in the hospital last week who had just like been given a very bad diagnosis, and she gave this same answer, which I'm sure we'd all give, which is like, what is my other option? Right, like, right? You're am doing... I just gonna like sit here and freak out and just like, well, some people do, true. some people get addicted to you know pain pills yeah. and some people just get really dark and stay just, in their yeah. house and and i had that i i went through that phase of depression for sure during my recovery i was like addicted to you know um painkillers and stuff and 
And um, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't shower. I wouldn't comb my hair. I wouldn't brush my teeth. I didn't want to see anyone. People would be coming by the house to visit, and I didn't want to see people. And I had to just, you have to just push through right. that, you know? Yeah. And, but, yeah, some people don't. Yeah. So, but, 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 yeah, people are like, oh, you're so strong. Yeah. And, you know, oh, so it's, it's interesting. You're just like, yeah. I'm living my life. Yeah, yeah I'm like, I, I have to push through this. Yeah, yeah this is my life. Yeah. No, yeah. And what we were talking about a little bit uh, before we started Recording too is uh, when like you've been through something bad and other people in your life make it about themselves, which is still something that like to this day I find so mind boggling and so frustrating that like you're going through a bad time and then someone thinks they're being comforting or just like can't handle what you're going through. And instead of just being supportive, just starts talking about themselves or how like what you're going through, how that's making them feel. Or like, oh, that seems or they just like put stuff on you. you know? That must yeah. be like an L.A. thing. Oh, no, I mean, LA thing? no, this this happened uh, back in Chicago. This was a I feel like uh, maybe it's just the people that I associated with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know, good people. Yeah. Yeah. I have really good people in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. But yeah, that didn't happen. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was like, and it's like people who you wouldn't expect to like be able to relate to your situation. I feel like, oh, some people come out of the woodwork, but a lot of people just like kind of can't handle it. You know, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we're going through stuff, it's really hard for us to understand it from other people's perspective too. Like people don't, people don't know how to deal with that. Completely agreed. We were talking about that in the car, like people, some people that have never been through anything, people that haven't been through hardships or death or loss or any type of like injury or near death experience. Like they just really are, um, don't know how to be yeah. supportive. They don't know how to be supportive. So sometimes maybe you have to tell them like, hey, yeah. this is what I need. Yeah. I really need a good friend. I really need an ear or yeah. something. Just you listen. Know? Yeah. yeah. Um, totally. If it's a friend that you are comfortable True. with, you know, and I'm yeah. not saying that too, but yeah, we got to help each other, you know, help, help, help your friends, yeah. you know, to see what they're doing and then in, in return they can help you. Yeah. Totally. And if there's anything in like the healthcare industry you would change that's top of mind, I mean, it sounds like the hospital whole scenario <laughs> yeah. needs to get a revamp. Oh my God. If there's anything I could change in the, in the healthcare system. Yeah. From your experience, like why is it not like this? Or, or even like what you wish, like the people overseeing your care, like what they would, something like you wish they had known or considered or taken into consideration. I don't even know where to begin with that. Yeah, the whole thing needs to be fixed. I would just, hospitals just need to go away and we just need to get back to like grassroots, like herbs and like, you know, like natural remedies. Uh We need to get back to that. I just think it's funny you're saying that's a woman who like had skin grafts. You're like, you know what, I, I Let's just get some leaves. Just wrap some leaves around it. It'll be fine. Get it. Somebody give me an aloe plant. Just put it on there. I've heard tea tree oil is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Tea tree oil. Aloe plants are really good. Comfrey is a really good plant for skin. Okay. Um, yeah. And also, so just a sidebar on the modern health, you are a Soylent person. Oh, you're, yeah. You're what's drinking up with the Soylent? Soylent. I will give Soylent a proud plug. <laughs> I love Soylent. Big shout out to Soylent. They just sent me some. They just sent me a huge case of Soylent. Um, Is it not discussed? Are, are you like Soylent exclusive? Or are you like... I'm, I'm pretty Soylent exclusive. Listen, I got to break this down because I was just reading something online. Someone on Twitter was like, because they're about to start selling it at 7-Eleven tomorrow. What? Oh, and, breaking. Um, Is this a podcast exclusive? <laughs> this is an exclusive. <laughs> no one knows. No. It's public. <laughs> they're going to start selling Soylent at 7-Eleven tomorrow. But some guy I follow on Twitter was like dragging. Everyone hates on it. He was like, the art, it was like some... Cider article or something it was like this is the end is near they're selling Soylent at 7-Eleven blah 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 the, the, and people think Soylent is just for these like gamer dudes right. that like don't that like fuck sex dolls and they're like <laughs> I don't want to talk to a woman and they're like I don't know how to cook I want to play video yeah. games forever and blah 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 yeah sure it's those people love it but people forget about people like me that are disabled oh. i can't cook a lot i don't have a car that's i can't get point. to the grocery store and when i wake up in the morning that's probably the peak in the morning and before bed is like peak pain for me that's when my pain is at like a 10. so in the morning i literally have no energy that no strength sense. to push through that pain to like stand at the kitchen and make some grits or even cereal like it's so hard for me mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. all my nerve damage mm. and stuff to get food and I really think if I had soil in New York, I think it could have saved my life. Like, you know, because I was so bad about eating breakfast and stuff. And so it really, 
I don't know what I would do without it because I just I I can't eat like and, I can't get up and cook like and everybody why else. Soylent and over any other like meal replacement uh, it, option because all of the other ones require some sort of preparation. Mm-hmm. Even Soylent has a powder you have to like mix. You mix with water and then you have to chill it. Even just standing there doing that, I mean, I, by the time I'm I'm done mixing all the other meal replacement beverages. It's a, I, I could have cooked a meal, right? So yeah. Soylent is really convenient. They have, these, they have these they have these pre prepackaged bottles, it. yeah, and it's just like a meal in a bottle, mm-hmm. and it's like literally has saved my life. Like I don't know what I would do without Soylent. It's yeah. like incredible. No, but you're right. Like for people for whom it's physically difficult for them to procure or make their own meals, that's like yeah, I, that makes complete sense. Yeah, and yeah. I like I said, I don't have a car. I'm yeah. on a nine hundred dollar budget. Right. I don't even have money for food yeah. anyway, and so it's affordable. It's like two dollars dollars a bottle which is like it's a meal in a bottle yeah, so totally. i love it so much and it drives me crazy when i see people hating on it because i'm like it's you know no because i mean forget I, these no, gamers that was my like, only exposure there was like a new york times magazine article or something about right these yeah. like you know they're like oh it's the super silicon red, valley guys yeah red pill yeah. guys who like want to wear diapers so they can spend more time coding exactly. like, yeah, yeah guys that live in their mom's basement yeah. people just um, immediately think of those guys and i'm like well it has saved my life yeah. as a disabled person yeah. so i love soylent so much so mm. shout out to them <laughs> <laughs> i love it so i'd love to transition into a listener question if you want to help address some concerns uh, cool. the audience has uh, we have a question from someone who asks, what is the deal with diet sodas? Sort of related. Um, I feel like lately I'm hearing a lot of pseudo or maybe real science about the body's hormonal response to diet soda being not so different to the body's response to real soda and sugar. Is that true? Um, they recently started a job where there's a lot of diet soda available and that's kind of the whole deal. Yeah. Is this for the doctor? or Because I have a sugar addiction. Uh, I can yeah, really we can all talk that. about it. Do, do you have a stance on diet sodas? I don't drink diet sodas. I, I need all the sugar I can get. I love sugar. It's a problem for me. I used to be addicted to sodas. How I many sodas candy. were you drinking when you were in your oh, soda? I, I don't know. I mean, I just love soda. I, okay. I, I could probably have like three or so, oh. three sodas a day. No, so that, that's like like actually like, I have a question about that because if you're, if you're drinking soda, if you're addicted to soda, are you actually like craving something else or is it actual addiction? Like what's going on? What's the mechanism in there? Do you know? I mean, I although this gets to the question of like, oh, how do we define like addictions? And when someone says, Ugh, oh, Ellen, you know what I, don't I mean? Do <laughs> <laughs> how do we define addiction? All right, yeah. get out my textbook. Yeah. Like, um, no, but, but I mean, like, because right, there's a lot of sugar, there's a lot of caffeine, so there's a lot of things that there's like chemicals. make you feel good. And then does it affect you hormonally? <sighs> I mean, the biggest thing I know is that oh, if you drink a lot of diet soda, because of um like some of the electrolytes or the other chemicals in soda in the long term, there's some suggestion that maybe it's not great for bone density. Right. That like, oh, all the phosphorus can like leach all the phosphorus out of your bones. But you'd have to be drinking like so much soda. And mm-hmm. dehydrates you, right? I mean, it's got caffeine. So it's like a diuretic, like any other caffeinated uh, beverage. So there's in nothing general, s- would it? I mean, it's not a health food, certainly. Is LaCroix considered a diet soda? I mean, I feel like it is. People, I know it's like hipper and trendier. There's no sugar in it. But it's got, no... it's got caffeine. Does it have caffeine? It's just water. Oh, I think it's caffeine I, It's caffeine. I thought it, oh. I mean, it's just water. Oh. I don't know what it I is. I don't know what it is. All I know <laughs> is I see everybody else drinking it and it makes me feel less I don't out. know. I Diet soda versus, di, the whole diet soda thing is silly to me. I mean, no shade to this listener, but I just, yeah. It's just like, don't just, drink it if you're. Yeah, it's like just drink water if you're that concerned true. about it. Like That's true. No, a soda period is bad. Like if you're like, is this worse? It's like yeah. just drink water if you have That's to go true. that far. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and because I think the question comes down to food and anything affecting hormones, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that there's, you know, oh, if you give rats a bunch of diet soda, then maybe they get more this or that. But again, like how much diet soda are you actually drinking? And yeah. what are these studies in animals actually? I had to actually cut myself off because I was drinking a ton of diet mm-hmm. soda. And I did notice that I would just like once, I mean, it just became so habitual. And I don't know if it was something in it that was changing my brain it wasn't even caffe- caffeinated like i would just dr- need to drink it need to drink mm. it and then i had to like go cold turkey to get yeah. it out of, and then i don't miss it anymore but i mm. used to really want it when i was drinking it uh, i don't know no but i think you're i think liza's point is right which is just 
you probably shouldn't be drinking that much like, of it. Yeah, if you're yeah. that concerned about it, just drink water. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like avoid it. If you're you're if you're like, if it's gonna stress I want you my out sugar, about drinking I want, it, I'm just gonna drink it. And yeah, do that, but. If you're gonna get if that pressed think, about it, if yeah. you gotta think that much about yeah. it, just get just get a glass, glass of water. water. And then <laughs> just get a glass of water. It's a related question. How can I, a lay person, sift through medical studies and determine what's conclusive and good science? It's That's hard. Hard. And I'm sure even for you sometimes, yeah, right? A lot of these because uh, right, the thing to remember is that there's always a publication uh bias. Is that you're much more likely to see even published in a medical journal something that shows a, a significant impact of a medication or an intervention to see what's called negative studies where oh we tried this and nothing happened is much less common because they're not as sexy they're not really gonna and they want funding and all that right isn't that part of it i mean even if they're funded by like a research organization or a university and they're not funded by pharma it's like oh if we do physical therapy versus steroid shots and it turns out physical therapy is you know just fine and you don't need steroid shots oh gosh, i'm about to have to get into steroid shots i think for mm. like my for the leg, pain for or? my um these like um I have these huge like chunks of scar tissue on my uh, leg and that are causing problems. And so steroids have come yeah. up a lot, steroid shots. I don't know if it's going to happen, but anyway. I mean, the thing about steroid shots that's good is that they only last like two or three months. So even if they don't do anything, yeah. it's not... But do people, I mean, versus all the other interventions that you've had yeah, it's like so yeah. much smaller the listener for this question is like back to me <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like um I'll, enough whatever. about yeah. her this was my question <laughs> i need to know about the sodas <laughs> okay we get it Subway train. <laughs> um yeah that's all the questions we have oh. anything else you want to talk about today um Oh, this is totally off topic, but I was Googling you before uh, we had you on the show. And so just like with any other notable female in the media, Liza Die Feet comes up under like... Oh, God. But no, but here, here is my question is how do you feel about the fact that your wiki feet page is mostly from your accident? All was it right, really gory pictures of my here, leg? I'll show you. They're all just like pictures. Wait, so can we back up? Oh, so sure. wiki this is amazing. is yeah. this site where people upload celebrity photos of feet they yeah. talk about them they rate them right like there's a rating I system i am honored ah! <laughs> Here. honestly of all the choices of responses just pick honored because wait too- i am so happy to know that it's gory photos of my leg so here, that makes me it's so mostly sad. your foot in a cast but i hear we're gonna i'm gonna show you the your picture. foot in a cast that's is what amazing they like? we're going to the website right now liza dies feet under wiki feet <gasps> No way. So I don't know how anyone got these photos. Were those public? Were those put somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I probably like, well, this one was from um, some article, some interview I did. (laughs) That's amazing. But how do you feel that these are all like, you know? I mean, it's the internet. True. It's an honor. It's an honor. (laughs) You really experience all sides of the internet, the best parts of it and the weirdest parts. This is so disgusting. Like, my. Can I just say this, the yeah. like third image so, so that in, is on in the In case results, anybody wants to go to WikiFeet and look up Liza. <laughs> please don't. But the third image that's on here is just, this is so disgusting. But like my foot was, my leg was so dirty. Like oh, it hadn't been cleaned. How long did It they, was from like being in the subway tracks. Oh, so they couldn't, this oh, because like they had to do the surgery. That makes sense. They had to just like clean the part of your leg they had to operate on and then put the whole thing So I had a, a surgeon that came in oh, and he was like, yeah. they took me down. I remember to do a skin graft and they brought me back up. And I remember we, you know, they put all the blankets on you and you're like, I, I guess that has some, I don't know what that they do that for, I guess. So you're not like trying to touch yourself and stuff. And, but yeah, when you get up to the room, you're like trying to, figure out where the where they took the skin from i was like where did my mom and i were like where did where did they take the skin from we don't know we were freaking out and the doctors came up there and they were smiling they were like i bet you guys were trying to figure out where we took the skin from we were like this isn't fun and and, uh and he was like we didn't we didn't do one we just like cleaned your leg like you needed to be clean like your leg was dirty as hell it had not been cleaned for weeks oh my god and that's what that's what that nasty picture is i look like a mummy it's disgusting (laughs) like my leg is decomposing that's gross wow Um, these people are freaks no (laughs) but you know what you you got you got got some more web presence it helps your 
SEO. I didn't right? even get a Google alert about that at all. I'm really <laughs> gotta love the fans. Good, wow. good people. Thank you for telling me about. Oh yeah, so you can. You <laughs> That's know. the question before when I was scrolling yeah. through. I was like, Ellen, what is this question? <laughs> I was like, you know what? Inquiring minds want to know. I'm so honored. I remember when Chelsea Peretti was like, someone tweeted her and was like, they have you on the feet thing. Like, what's in? So like, I really am honored yes. right now. Thank yes, you so you know, much. Yeah, tell Chelsea next time you see her, it's another thing you guys have in common. Well, that's what I'm gonna use for my intro now for show since I don't have a TV credit I'm just gonna be like I'm actually on WikiFeed yes, Wiki you can find feed, her at so. UCB and WikiFeed yeah absolutely I love it amazing that's so good so Liza what do you want to plug your Twitter you have like Soylent. I have yeah. two shows coming up, but I Great. don't know where I don't know where they oh, are. I don't know when this is gonna air. Yeah, yeah. this might be for a while. Yeah, anyway. that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, just I guess people can follow my Instagram or Twitter. It's they're both Eliza Die and I post my show dates and stuff there. So come awesome. see me and maybe I'll show you my leg for five, <laughs> for five bucks. But whatever. you cannot make a grossed out face. Right. You have to be no, supportive. You can. Men, this is something I've mm. noticed real quick. Please. Uh, I Like I said, I love showing people my leg. And one thing I've noticed is that I always ask people, I say, do you want to see my leg? Because I know people are curious about it. It's a rare injury. You know, um, people are sensitive. They don't want to ask. They think they're going to offend me. So I offer. And one thing I notice is that women always want to see it men never want to see it <laughs> what men never want to see it and men are very freaked out by it and that mm. doctor that made that noise he was a man of course men are very squeamish about what when i show think? them my leg but women are very curious women always when amy poehler was like when i was like <laughs> do you want to see my she was like yes immediately and i remember like aziz i think adam scott or somebody was in there and they were like Ooh, is like it the, it's, the caring thing is it that i like have thing? no idea i don't think know it's what like it is a childbirth thing so women are used to just the thought of their bodies we've already being, i have no idea torn apart are, yeah. yeah i have no wow. idea but i've noticed that so Interesting. yeah wow so yeah if it's if it's if it's a guy I'm, i I just kind of expect it now them to be like <laughs> no 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 it's okay but uh yeah it's it's that's something i noticed is weird but that's huh, really it weird. is interesting yeah you probably have seen people through an interesting filter i mean that's a good like litmus test just for like people out in the world yeah exactly we know women are stronger (laughs) (laughs) it's true well thank you so much this has been unbelievable you're the best this is just the the best yeah thank you so much for being here thanks for having me guys (laughs) forever this has been a forever dog production executive produced by joe cilio alex ramsey and brett boehm for more podcasts please visit foreverdogproductions.com